Hello, and welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where today we will have a conversation with Right Worshipful Brother Cameron Bailey, the Deputy Grandmaster of Washington. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Today on the Working Tools Podcast, we have our, our usual cast of characters here, very worshipful brother David Colbeth and myself, Matthew Apple, from the Grand Lodge of Washington. And we have worshipful brother Stephen Chung and right worshipful brother Trevor McCune from the Grand Lodge of British Columbia and Yukon. And we uh, have our special guest with us today, Right Worshipful Brother Cameron Bailey, who is the Deputy Grandmaster of the Most Worshipful Grand Lodge of Korean Accepted Masons of Washington. Uh, welcome, Right Worshipful Sir. Thank you for coming out. Thank you. I appreciate it. So uh, we've our last uh, conversation last week was with uh, Most Worshipful Brother Chris and, and his counterpart up in British Columbia about sort of where the year had gone and how things did or did not uh, go the way they had planned, mostly not. And uh, so we sort of wanted to uh, have a conversation with you about where you see us going, assuming, this is all assuming that the election goes forth and you are elected as Grandmaster next year, um, where where you see us going, what you would like to accomplish. So uh, at, at the risk of great... Uh, a great risk to ourselves. I will hand the microphone over to a Grand Lodge officer and say, what do you think about that? All right. Well, thank you. So I think our lodges are really excited to get back to work. And part of that excitement is the fact that we have had so many candidates, potential candidates, uh, come into us during this time of pandemic. We're tracking, I understand, over 300 of them now at the Grand Lodge. But, of course, we don't hear about most of them. So we can assume we've got at least 600 guys out there asking uh, for the opportunity to petition. And so I think that the first thing we've got to do, and I think this is vital, is we can't let our excitement overwhelm our good sense, right? Because I encounter these guys who are wanting to petition on Reddit, on Facebook, and they're pushing, right? Get me in here, get me in here. And then I encounter our lodge brothers. Let us meet and let us get these candidates in here. Well, we've still got to guard the West Gate, right? And so I think that's the first thing as, as masonry reopens is we've got to not let our excitement cause us to forget the fact that we have to ensure that these men are all suitable to be made Masons. So we've got to stick with our investigations. We've got to stick with our six-step program, which I believe we stole from you, uh, uh, Worshipful Brother Trevor. And we've got to ensure that these, these men are going to be good Masons. Because I tell you what, we think that bringing a guy into our lodge grows our lodge. That's not true. If we bring a good man into our lodge, that grows our lodge because he's going to attract other good men 
But if we bring an unsuitable man into our lodge, he's going to drive away good men. So we've got to be really careful as we get back to work about who we're going to bring into our lodge. And then the second thing, you know, I always thought of myself as a pretty good ritualist, uh, at least in the, the limited ritual I do. A couple months back, I was asked to open a lodge in person because they were selling a piece of real estate and it was decided they couldn't do that over Zoom. So I'm standing up there in the east. I've got a couple former deputies in the west and in the south. Well, I'll be darned if we could barely get that lodge open, right? And I had all the words in my mind, but getting them to flow out after not seeing the ritual or practicing the ritual for 14 months, I mean, it was embarrassingly bad. So before we bring these guys in and we try to do a degree on them, we better make sure that we do a lot of practice so that we can actually give them a high quality degree because there's nothing more and more disappointing than uh, than giving a guy a bad degree. So, so let's guard our West Gate and let's start practicing our ritual so that when we do find those suitable men, we can actually give them a good degree. And let's not assume that we know it just because we knew it before the pandemic. Because let me tell you, the words might still all be there but trying to communicate them back and forth with other brothers, it just isn't happening without some practice. So that those are the two things that I think are, are vital as we restart masonry over the next month or two. I, I agree. Having the in, in, initiating a new guy and having the ritual be lousy uh, makes you wonder why, why we're doing it at all. He's, he's, you're never going to see that. Well, that's not true. It reduces the odds you're ever going to see that guy again, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Certainly a common thread I've heard amongst brethren that have done in-person meetings that, boy, our ritual stinks. <laughs> yeah, they definitely need to get back in and, and brush off the dust and uh, get back and working at it. Yeah, and who better than our, our district education officer, but Worship Brother Stephen Chung, he can help us all on that process, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I, uh, I can help us all, and I, I, I can help guide, you know. Um, there's nothing wrong with, with a little uh, sharing of wisdom and direction. But, you know, the, the one thing that uh, he, he's right, we got to practice. Um, I remember a degree I watched at a, at a, a lodge I visited one day, and, and um, the um, candidate that went through um, I knew him, and so I was helping him practice his ritual, uh, his, his memory work. And um, uh, I think it was on our second meeting that we were practicing, and he didn't seem to put any effort in between that time before and that meeting. And, and he said, well, well, that's okay. If, if I don't get it all, I just say word, and somebody tells me the next word, right, you know? Uh, and, and I'll get through it, right? And it's like, yeah, no. Oh man, I remember that. That was bad, you know. And <clears throat> but that was the effect it had on the candidate. Forget oh, about, forget about the effect it had on those in the room that knew what was going on, right? Uh, 
the candidate actually just thought that that was the norm and that that's just how it was done and um, had no no concept right and so, so it was like well after i enlightened him and i i then got heck from the lodge that he was joining because it wasn't my lodge right you know i was sticking my nose in where it didn't belong so giving some of that advice was you know you got to make sure that you know it, they're ready to receive it too I am totally stealing that story. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> that is an excellent, excellent tool to start a conversation about ritual. And he yeah. probably had three different guys shouting five different words. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, no, the, 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 they were quite quick on the prompts. Um, and uh, it, it was something that, that was regularly done in that lodge. But it's not my lodge. I'm not the director there. <laughs> well, Cameron, you were talking about, yes, those two, uh, there's lots of things that you, uh, fortunately, I was a part of be able to go to your team meeting. And so there's lots of things that you want to improve. But in your latest, and as one of the things of this show, Steve does a good job, we I often forget, is to allow the guests to kind of plug something that they're working on or doing, whatever. And I think we did that for your initial blog previously in our shows, but for this one, I'll start off. You have a new blog system that you're using called Emeth. And on one of the most recent uh, postings that you did was about the after work, essentially about the mentorship program and what to do after we get this guy through the first degree. And so while yes, the six steps and regarding the Westgate and those kind of things, ritual are important. It's also the next steps, which is as critical like Steve was talking about, <laughs> you know, showing them the real path or the right path, if you will, or a path, let alone <laughs> the right path. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of lodges, I, I've always thought that we do a pretty good job of getting a, for some lodges, getting them through the inquiry into the six steps and into a degree and maybe even through the first three degrees because it's all written out. The lectures or the, you know, the rituals there, the lectures are all there. We get them there and they say, who you're a new master Mason, go forth and prosper. And most of the time he's left to his own devices. Yeah. I think uh, we need to ask ourselves when a degree ends, how does each thing that we do, what does that communicate to to the man we've just made a mason right and that starts when we're when we're placing him for the lecture right and in and most of our lodges as far as i i've seen through the years right we drag up a chair and we put him in the northeast corner we take everybody else in the lodge the officers stay where they where they sit but everybody else in the lodge we put him on the opposite sideline and we put this guy all by himself looking at a lecture chart with the lecture, right? And we're supposed to be a brotherhood, right? And here we are and we're putting the first thing we do. We've just made this guy a Mason and we stick him all by himself. Well, why don't we pull up five chairs, right? Put the master on one side of him put the guy who's going to mentor him on the other side of him, put a couple more guys behind him and make him the center of a circle. Right. And I, I just think that would be so much more welcoming. And if those guys are actually paying attention to the lecture, it's going to communicate to him 
that what's being said to him is important, right? And if they're sitting up there with him in front of all the lodge who's behind them, they're going to actually pay attention to the lecture instead of screwing around on their cell phone, right? And so I just think that's that's a lot better. The other thing that that really bothers me, and I've seen this far too many times, is we're all done, lecture's done, charge is done. He's standing there west of the altar, and the worshipful master says, well, who's going to mentor this brother, right? And it's crickets in there. Well, what's that communicating to this guy? It's communicating that nobody cared enough to bother to figure this out ahead of time. And it's communicating that no one in that lodge wants to spend time with him. Right. And that's exactly what it's communicating. And we don't want to think that we're communicating that to him, but that is what we're telling him. And it's just not that hard to arrange that ahead of time. And what happens more often than not is the worshipful master ends up, instead of getting a volunteer, he voluntells somebody that you're going to do it. Well, voluntell them before that meeting starts so that that, that poor guy doesn't have to hear that. So you know that awesome six-step program you referred to earlier? Right? Yes, that we stole from you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one. So I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of experience with that, and it sounds along fitting for this. <clears throat> we got the program. We opened it up. It was amazing. We were enjoying doing uh, all the steps properly, right? You know, and now we come to this thing where we've we brought a couple of new members in, and well, the mentorship program, you know, there was a whole program in another folder that had to deal with this mentorship thing, right? And I'll tell you, we found a retired member who. Uh, was always looking for something to do to help contribute. And we gave him that folder and he opened all of them up and what a program. And so we actually don't have that question anymore. Uh, everything's all pre-planned for, for um, uh, the nights that they're going to get together, whether they're doing it on Skype or Zoom or whatever. And um, there's a whole plan for them in place now because Somebody told us about the other folder that was inside there, right? Well, that's great to know, and, and we may have to figure out a, an arrangement so we can steal that folder from you as well. <laughs> yeah, you bet. I, I, I think I've already given it to David, but I'll make, I'll make sure it's available to you. Thank you, sir. I, yeah, I know a guy who wants to revamp the entire program from, uh, from six steps all the way through the, the, the mentorship program. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we've done variations of it, and other lodges have tried to tweak it and everything. But I'll tell you, it's it's sometimes you know if if the wheel ain't broken, don't try to fix it, right? And the program really functions well. Um, and when you try to shorten the six step program, you really uh, open yourself up to losing some pretty critical components because it, it's already so condensed, right? And um, then again into the mentorship program, 
You know, we've got guys who focus on coaching the entered apprentices and then another guy who focuses on the fellow crafts and another guy who focuses on the master mason degree and um and they're a team and they've got a whole plan for every candidate that comes through um and it's all because uh, of that program so don't try to change it don't try to uh shorten it revamp it um because there are components in there that your candidate will um unfortunately miss out on if you do that type of thing so the the parallel program to this one is called the new members pathway and we can make sure you get a copy of that uh and uh i can tell you from the oh you already have that no he wanted oh, to oh, I think you want that uh and, and let me tell you uh, from the Grand Secretary's office in the Grand Lodge British Columbia in Yukon, you are not stealing it. Have no fear about that. <laughs> Don't say that. We are more than happy to share that to anyone. Uh, it comes under our category. We have a, a list of programs that we may offer to our Lodge Secretaries simply called Best Practices. Uh, and although Stephen is right, uh, if you follow it, it seems to work. But we also say it's up to the lodge to decide how they want to use it. It's not being pushed down anyone's throat. Well, thank you, brother. We, we do appreciate those resources very much. And any of these programs, especially if they haven't been implemented previously or aren't already, I mean, I, I could, I could imagine the idea of, standard work at some point in our history being unique and something that had to be implemented and worked on and communicated to everybody. So this is, this is it. This is what we're going to use. This is what we're going to use. It probably took time. I mean, now we just think, well, this is the standard work. That's just how it is. That's how it's always been done. And so the six steps, even just a few years ago, I, there were lodges that I would attend and they say, Hey, we got this petition for this new guy. Let's get him in the six steps. <laughs> and you know, those that are listening can't see the, the smiles and laughs on the, on the guy's face. So the six steps is completely pre-petition the process. So we have, I'm sure we have, I think we have a recording on the six steps. We've talked about probably ad notum, but uh, it's, it's a, an amazing program, but I think it's just now in the last couple of years becoming mainstream in our jurisdiction in Washington, at least. And it certainly is an excellent program. And so any of these things, I was just lis listening to the book, uh, Good to Great by Jim Collins. And wow, what an amazing, amazing analogy of company. They did analysis of fortune 500 companies and how, what makes a great company. But one of the analogies I, I learned, heard in there was about the idea of a, a flywheel and the momentum that it requires and what a good, a great company, a good company didn't all of a sudden spin up and become this flywheel mechanism. They had started uh, the flywheel. And so when you, push on a huge grindstone flywheel, you think, you know, you give it a good shove and you may not even see it move at all. It may be imperceptible. And then you give it another push and it is still maybe imperceptible. And then another push and another push and another push. And pretty soon after a hundred pushes or a thousand pushes, it starts to move and starts to rotate well. And you get another push and it rotates faster and faster and faster. And pretty soon every little push spins that flywheel that mo gives that momentum and in his example, that's when the company would really accelerate. But that's when people started to pay attention. 
I think the same thing can happen masonry in the six steps program in education processes and mentorship program. If it's just what we always do, then it can gain that momentum and really accelerate. You know, I mean, we are talking about Freemasonry and, and, you know, in innovation, you know, it's this program. I think I got introduced to it in 2012. So it's 11 years or 10 years now that, that uh, it's been around. So, you know, slow to adopt these things, but as, as they get adopted, they, they do prove to work, right? So, uh, and, and then again, some are always just waiting to see if it worked for somebody else, right? But um, so do I get the, uh, the gist from you, Cameron, that your focus is going to be on, um, <clears throat> on being prepared um, ritual-wise for, for uh, you know, whatever can come uh, short notice uh, to a lodge? Yeah, so I think I had a lot of plans for my year as Grandmaster, right? As I think everybody who's who's probably going to be Grandmaster has a lot of plans for their year as Grandmaster. And, but the thing is the pandemic hit, right? And that led me to rethink everything that I thought before. And we can view, I think, the pandemic as a negative thing, or we can view it as a positive thing. And I choose to view it as a positive thing. And I'll tell you why, because we have a lot of bad habits in Freemasonry, right? And we have a lot of traditions in some lodges that started 50 years ago and they might have been a great idea 50 years ago, right? But they've outlived their usefulness 30 years ago, but we still got them. And the pandemic meant that all of our habits and all those old traditions that are no longer useful, they went away, right? Because we haven't met in 14 months. So our habits are broken, right? And we can we can view this pandemic as an opportunity to start again and to start fresh and i think what we need to do is we need to look at at the lodge experience right from the the moment a, a man contacts our lodge and says he's interested in becoming a mason all the way through and we've we need to take a look at what that experience is, what that lodge experience is, and improve it. Because we've got to provide men, if we expect them to come to their lodge, with a compelling reason to come to their lodge, right? Nobody's going to come to their lodge to pay the bills, eat some bad food, have some coffee, you know, that was made by a guy who was in the Navy for 40 years. They're just not going to do it. And then we look at our retention numbers and we say, huh, I wonder why, you know, our retention's so bad. Well, we've got to give men a compelling reason to become Freemasons. And we can do that. We have that, right? It's by providing them Freemasonry. But we've developed these habits where, oh, Freemasonry isn't that important. Paying the bills are important. Reading minutes are important. 
I was sitting in a lodge meeting a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going to mention the lodge. The item on the agenda that took up the most time in the meeting was a discussion of an elevator report for a building that the lodge no longer owns. Right? And that's true. And the result of the discussion was, we're going to send this to the guy who bought the building. But that was the majority of the meeting. And I sat there that entire meeting and no Freemasonry actually took place. Right? That's what we did. We talked about the elevator in a building we don't own. We paid the bills. And we read some minutes and we talked about the Grand Lodge's budget for next year. And then we adjourned. There was no Freemasonry. Four of us stayed after. And we actually stayed till about one in the morning, right? And we talked about Freemasonry after that meeting. And it was great. But the 15 guys who didn't stay, who walked out, they had no Freemasonry that night. And the lodge was wondering why their two wardens didn't show up. Well, it's pretty obvious to me why their two wardens didn't show up, right? We've got to give men a reason to, to attend lodge. And I think the, the pandemic gives us that perfect opportunity to rethink and restart and make sure that we're providing Freemasonry in our lodges, which will get men into our lodge. And, and if we do the things that we're supposed to do in, this, in the six-step program, we will find out what each man is looking for when they are approaching a lodge. And, you know, I mean, I've, I've even gone so far as to direct <clears throat> um, prospects to another lodge because I knew that he would get what he was looking for uh, from, in, from being a member in that lodge, right? So it's important to, uh, to, to think about what they're looking for and are you a right fit or is there a, another lodge that might be a different fit for them? Yeah, and I, I wholly agree with that. You know, every lodge has its own unique personality, its own focus, what the guys like to do. And, and yeah, we, exactly as you said, we need to direct the men who encounter us to the lodge that best meets their interests and their their needs instead of trying to hold them so tight just so that they come into our lodge. Because we won't repay them if it doesn't ma match them. Great Worshipful Brother Cameron, if I can bring this full circle back to a comment you made earlier about we've got these men clamoring to join us, let's make sure that we guard the gate. I'm reminded of, and this isn't a true equivalency, of course, but I'm reminded of our similar situation after the two world wars in which we had huge spikes in membership. And in my jurisdiction, I don't know of anywhere else, but there was any number of committee reports and grandmaster reports during and immediately after the war warning the brethren saying, we are about to have this influx of members. We see them coming be careful that they don't change our culture. 
Well, unfortunately, they did in many ways. And now we read our minutes and spend hours talking about elevators. But let's not have that happen with the new influx. Um, as secretary, I have to do have to put in my plug for reading the minutes. It's clearly the most important part of the meeting and uh, should be elevated to, we should read the minutes before the rest of the meeting even, I think that would. That would <laughs> um, so uh, right, Worshipful Sir, we're, we're, we're reaching the end of our allotted time for this, uh, this recording. So I guess I wanted to make sure that you had the chance to sort of give a brief explanation of, um, of your Emeth blog, sort of what it is, where people could find it. So we could pass that on to the brothers. Uh, certainly, yeah. So I, uh, I've blogged for a lot of years, but I, I moved over to a uh, newsletter format uh, on Substack. So it is emeth, uh, E-M-E-T-H dot substack dot com. It is, uh, it arrives in your email if you subscribe to it. Uh, every weekday morning, you will receive a uh, a discussion topic. Uh, you'll find that the uh, the men who are participating in those discussions uh, leave very thoughtful and knowledgeable uh, comments. It's not like what you're going to see in a Facebook group. Uh, it's it's very high quality uh, response to those those discussion topics generally. And every Sunday, uh, you get a long form essay on some Masonic topic from me. So if you subscribe to Ameth, uh, six days a week, you're going to get my smiling face in your email box. And, uh, and if that doesn't scare you, I don't know what would. But <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, and it's being adopted uh, fairly quickly, I think, a lot, a lot quicker than I thought it would be. And on that note, uh, thank you, Right Worshipful Sir, on behalf of uh, Stephen and David and Trevor and myself for agreeing to come out this evening. And I know you're actually at one of those MS conversations right before you came here, right? So we're, I was. we're getting you hot off the hot <laughs> off the press. I don't think that's quite right, but it's uh, we thank you for spending your time with us and uh, look forward to talking to you again. So thank you, sir. Thank you, brothers. Thank, thank you. To all of you out there, good night and thank you. <laughs>